0: To get your pitch on. Buster Into Azad, and he This is Soccer Weekly, sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Your best look at the latest news and information from leagues around the world. Now, here's Dave Denholm. Soccer is such a beautiful game, but sometimes it's puzzling. I can't believe I'm starting a Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings Beer Sports. Watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. I can't believe I'm starting a Soccer Weekly talking about Frank McCourt. Yes, that Frank McCourt used to own your Los Angeles Dodgers. Frank McCourt is in the soccer news this week trying to buy French football club Marseille, Olympique Marseille, and it looks like he's going to get it done. Well, I have one thing to say about that. Hold on to your stinking hats, Marseille fans. You are in for a bumpy ride. I'm pretty confident to say it's going to be a disaster in the long run. Uh, Hey, Frank, FYI, baby, you don't just grab a club in Europe Roll a ball out and end up in the Champions League where there are piles of money waiting. You know that's what Frank McCord is after as he uh basically spent whatever he wanted with the Dodgers and then got bailed out to the two to two plus billion dollars, billion with a B. You remember it better than I do. You're Dodger fans. Well, there's one thing that this story that intrigues me is Marseille fans are very much like Dodger fans, massively passionate over in, in France. They're in the first division over there, Ligue 1. Marseille fans just like Dodger fans in that respect. So Frank will be very comfortable with that. They have a huge following. Big stadium. It is a massive club, not unlike your Los Angeles Dodgers. But the thing is, Frank, you've got to spend big money on the right players. You've got to develop in France young French-African players. That is the key. Guys who are coming from French-speaking African nations have had huge impacts all along the French Ligue 1. And that is the the ground where you have to go dig in and get the right players. It is not a quick fix to get into the Champions League. Marseille currently sitting 11th in Ligue 1. It's a big club. There is potential there, but I I don't – well, I do know. He's not the right guy for it. It's not going to happen under Frank McCourt because you always got to look at the ulterior motive there. He's just trying for the Champions League money grab where Frank probably read an article about Champions League money and how much is being spent around, couldn't get himself back in any American sport. So it's time to jump the freight ship and head over across the seas to France in the promised land of Champions League soccer. Right, Frank? Yeah, good luck. You want to hit me up on the show here at Soccer Weekly. It's at Talk Soccer on Twitter. That's just that easy. Hit me up right now your thoughts. Frank McCourt trying to buy the French club Marseille. Looks like he's going to get it done. Actually going to be buying it from a a French billionaire. A woman with the last name Louis Dreyfus actually. Kind of funny. And she's looking to uh, unload Marseille. You have to build with that youth. You've got to bring in the right pieces. It's not like just go spend and get – he just is not going to have the finances to go spend $300 million on four players. It's going to be a long, slow crawl to try to get anywhere near the Champions League again for Marseille. Good luck with that, Frank. But I wonder if Frank even knows one key fact about this whole thing when it comes to Frank McCourt. And buying Marseille. Does Frank even know that European fans don't drive to and park at games? (laughs) Hey, good news here. Transfer window closes in Europe earlier in the day. Do you know what the single best move was in all the European transfer window? Do you know who pulled that off? What team pulled off the best transfer move? Hit me up at Soccer. Do you know what the single best move made in the European transfer window was? Who was pulled it off? My LA Galaxy. My LA Galaxy pulled off the best move of the day in the European transfer window. No, they didn't buy Cristiano Ronaldo. No, they didn't shell out 250 million for Lionel Messi. My LA Galaxy unloaded Nigel De Jong. glory days he's gone my LA Galaxy pulled off the move in the transfer window sending Nigel De Jong on his way to Turkey and Galatasaray big club over in Turkey see ya Nigel don't let the cleats spike you in the knee on the way out buddy he's a leg breaker he slowed the offense to a crawl and he was about to get DP money no thanks. Sam tweeting in at TalkSoccer. Am I the only one happy Nigel left the galaxy? No, you are not, Sam. Love you for checking in, but no, you are not. And, yes, he says, bummer on Zardis. Yeah, that's the next thing we're going to talk about here on Soccer Weekly. Brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports. You can watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. They are mad supporters of soccer, the beautiful game. We love them for it. We love them for sponsoring Soccer Weekly here. I'm Dave Denholm. You can hit me up at TalkSoccer.com. You want to use the hashtag Soccer Weekly Radio throughout the week to get a hold of me that way? But right now, hit me up at TalkSoccer if you want to share your thoughts, much like Sam did here on the show. The transfer window has closed. Some other pretty good moves out there. Chelsea got some business done, signing David Luiz, bringing him back. You know, it's kind of... Yeah, you know, your first thought is like, well, yeah, Raj, you're a big Chelsea guy. Your first thought is what with well, this? Well, my first thought is, okay, he's supposed to play Seabank, but he's going to be out of position a lot. But in Conte's system, I think it works a little bit more. in that attacking style didn't work. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I like the attack, attack. That He he's is doing. an attacker. He's going to give up some goals at times. You're absolutely right. But if you can trade that for enough of an attack, I've always said it, Raj, And the thing that people don't understand with a lot of sports now, because for so long it became defense, defense, defense the best defense in soccer, go ahead and put four goals on the board and see what happens, right? And then see if, if they out, if they score five, shake their hand and say goodbye, good game, and we lost 5-4. Go put four goals on the board, and David Luiz can get forward. He's great on the uh, set pieces, no question. And the guy, can he can transform you in that you're going to put so much pressure on the opposing team's midfield that they're not going to have the ball enough to do any damage to him defensively. And they have cover, by the way. They've got some great defenders back there with them. I don't hate the move at all. With Conte, you're right. You got to believe with him. You got to let him. You got to trust him. <laughs> he knows what he's doing, and it, he's bringing him back. And it wasn't a bad price, somewhere in the thirty-five million pound range. I mean, they spent a lot of money this this transfer window did Chelsea. That's for they sure. Got money, but they got money. That's exactly right. If you got it, you got to spend it, especially right, Frank McCourt. <laughs> you better spend it, Frank. So not a bad move at all. That, that was the big move of the, uh, the last day. Islam Slimani, keep an eye on him. He goes from Sporting Lisbon to Leicester. It's a good bit of business there for about 30 million pounds. A lot of money. Leicester has the money now, certainly with their Champions League appearance this year. And Slimani, a, a, he's kind of a, a tricky forward. He's not, uh, he's not Zlatan, by any means. And he's not a guy like uh, David Villa. He, he's, just, he's just a goal scorer. You know, and it's not a it's not a slight. That's not a negative, but he's just a goal scorer with a little bit of trickery added in at times. So it's not like he's a lumbering, doddering goal scorer who can't do anything else. But there's a little bit of game there too, which is what I like about Slimani. He's a little he's a little slippery at times for the defense, and that's a good thing. He could be a, a good bit of business there for Lester. Keep an eye on that. Some other good moves. Uh, Well, not good moves in the sense, but a big move. Mario Balotelli, he's going to France. He transfers on a free from Liverpool to Nice. Could be a good move for him. I like how Robson Kanu ending up at West Bromwich Albion, too, as a free agent. Robson Kanu had a good Euro 2016. You remember that with Wales? Scored that amazing goal. Didn't get a lot of love after that, which, you know, no great surprise. He's not a world beater by any means, but the guy is an effective and solid pro. We'll see how he transfers or translates into a WBA. See if he can fit in at Albion. They need him. But on to my LA Galaxy with the Nigel Young move. Goodbye, Nigel. Again, not the worst signing the Galaxy's ever made by any means. But it's time to go. He was just way too rough. A, a, a red card waiting to happen. He slowed down the offense too much just because of the way. And it wasn't all his fault. It was the way Bruce Arena wanted to play. With a guy like Nigel DeYoung available to him now, he's not, and he was again going to get that DP money, which is the the most important thing for this Galaxy team struggling mightily right now with so many injuries. For the future, we have got to pay attention to where we're at with the designated player stuff. You know, you've got to keep that flexibility if you're the Galaxy. That is utterly job one right now. Why? Because of so many injuries. Jossie Zardes was tweeting out photos of him having surgery today. On that foot, he's done for the year in all likelihood, including the playoffs. They're talking about he's done for the regular season. He's done for the playoffs, too. Let's be realistic about that. He's not coming back. I I would be shocked if he does. So that's a big loss for the Galaxy. So many injuries. We got uh, uh, Vandama. He gets hurt. He's going to be missing for a while. You've got Steven Gerrard now out with a a minor injury. But still, it's it's just not going the Galaxy's way this year. And I hate to keep harping on it, but I don't because I'm me, and you know I love to harp on stuff when I'm right. I'm going to keep harping on this. This is exactly the reason Bruce Arena should not have thrown away our shot at the U.S. Open Cup. We are now so banged up, and I say we, it's my L.A. Galaxy, it's your L.A. Galaxy. We are now so banged up that we are not going to be chasing down that supporter shield, which was going to be a long shot anyway, so that's one ticket into the Champions League here in CONCACAF. We're not going to win that. We lost out on the U.S. Open Cup because we try to get fancy every year and play a bunch of backups. No disrespect to them as players, but you have to take the competition seriously if you want to win. We don't. We get dumped every year. It's happened again this year in the semis, right? We had a chance to host the final, and he, Bruce Arena throws out a less-than lineup, and we get beat in the final minutes. This is the very reason why you don't flake on the U.S. Open Cup, Bruce. Because now our only chance into CONCACAF Champions League is winning MLS Cup. And much like Major League Baseball or the NFL, the best team doesn't always win. Granted, it's not quite a coin flip in MLS like Major League Baseball is, but it's somewhere between baseball and the NFL. You have got to be on your game to win, and we are not. And that is our last ticket into Champions League. That's what's so disappointing about Bruce Arena and what he's done with this U.S. Open Cup year after year, time after time, and it happened again this season. And now look at us, Bruce. Now what do we do? Because now we're not going to win Champions League because we're not going to be in it. And then by winning Champions League, you go off to the Club World Cup with your shot to play the likes of Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich in games that matter and count. And that is exactly where the Galaxy should be living, instead of letting some Mexican side Liga MX team go over there every time, because Liga MX gets it done. And we've decided... In a competition that would get us directly into Champions League, we decided to throw that away a couple weeks ago. Then you wonder why I was so mad. Fired up. Soccer Weekly, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. Hit me up with your thoughts on that at Talk Soccer. We'll read them on the air if they're good. Usually they are at Talk Soccer. Follow me there. We've got U.S. World Cup qualifying coming up later this week. You ask me why. What can I do, Dave, once the World Cup is over? Well, you can watch the United States in World Cup qualifying, and it's coming up later this week. We'll talk about it. It's Soccer Weekly here on 710. It's ESPN LA. Soccer Weekly continues with the latest news and analysis from the pitch on ESPN LA 710. Here's Dave Denholm. Interact with the show, Soccer Weekly here on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, spelled like you might imagine. And don't worry, your, your likes, your dislikes, your loves, your hates on the show, I can take it, okay? Be honest with me. Send all your thoughts on what we talk about here at Talk Soccer, Soccer Weekly brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. We continue Wings Beer Sports. Watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. Hey, breaking news, Excelsports.com reporting. Heather O'Reilly, U.S. women's national team stalwart, the 31-year-old is going to announce her retirement, according to Excel Sports, coming up on Thursday, tomorrow. Heather O'Reilly, 230 caps for the U.S. women's national team, won the World Cup in 2015, played in three World Cups. She, You never got cheated when Heather O'Reilly was running around for the U.S. So kudos to her. She has been a mainstay for a long, long time, and what a great career. That's breaking news there. U.S. men's team, World Cup qualifying, gets going again on Friday. This is the semifinal round here, and everybody who I know loves the World Cup, right? Even guys who pretend to hate soccer most of the time, they're like, you know, I love the World Cup, let's face it. It's a great event. And then they uh, tell me, well, Dave, what can I do about this between the four years, right? It's only every four years, and I'm telling you, If you don't win your qualifiers, you don't go to the World Cup. It's just that simple, right? So start watching the World Cup qualifying for the U.S. Friday, the United States taking on St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Now you're wondering, what in the world? Yeah, well, they're, look, St. Vincent's okay, the Grenadines are okay. When you combine them, somehow it just doesn't work. (laughs) They're not having success, so we better get the full three. The United States is only in second in the group. Top two teams move out of the semis into the final round of CONCACAF qualifying. Now, we can advance on Friday if the results go our way. U.S. beating St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and then TNT, Trinidad and Tobago beating Guatemala. If not, we've got to get four points to make sure we're through in the next two games. We're at St. Vincent and the Grenadines on Friday, then we follow it up on Tuesday against Trinidad and Tobago, who are playing very well right now. I don't want to leave it to that final game. I hope not. Guatemala's right behind us with six points. We're on seven points from four matches. We need to come into the top two to move on to the finals where Mexico's already gotten through because they take care of their business, right? El Tri always gets it done. They've been perfect so far, and they're already through to the next round. Essentially. I mean, they still got to play a couple matches, but they've qualified already. We have got to get it done. No Clint Dempsey, but we do have a healthy Josie Altador. I love uh, Jurgen Klinsmann calling in Rubio Rubin from Utrecht to get a look into camp, right? He's got about 26 guys that are in camp. Not everybody's going to make the final roster for these games, but Rubio Rubin, a good young player. Not sure about Caleb Stanko getting the call on the training camp roster. He plays over at FC Vaduz over in the Swiss Super League. And as it happens, I follow the Swiss Super League because I've been over there and watched games. I like the Swiss Super League. FC Vaduz, Eh. Not great. I'm not sold on Caleb Stenko uh, being a, a U.S. national team member. In fact, I'll go so far as to say if Caleb Stenko played for Colorado Rapids, Jurgen Klinsman wouldn't even know who he was. But good luck to the kid. I mean, seriously, he's got talent. I'm not saying he's a, a terrible player by any means. I just don't know that he's at this level at this time. Jurgen Klinsman, you know, maybe just taking a look. You wait for qualifying starts. I'll be covering that over at my other job at Fox. Right? You wait for qualifying? You know what I say? There's one word for me that really describes World Cup qualifying in Europe. Overrated! Absolutely overrated. You want to hear how you qualify in uh, in, uh, Europe? All I ever hear is, wow, it's so much harder over there. Really? How about this group? Armenia, Denmark, Kazakhstan, Montenegro, Poland, and Romania. One of them is guaranteed to go to the World Cup. And maybe two. Does that sound like that difficult to you? How about this mighty group for England to have to play through, right? Everybody always says, oh, well, it's so tough for the top teams in Europe. How about this group for England? Lithuania, Malta, Scotland, Slovakia, and Slovenia. Ooh, murderer's row there, huh? Unbelievable. You want another tough group? How about Belgium? You know who the mighty Belgians have to face? Bosnia and Herzegovina, Cyprus, Estonia, Gibraltar, and Greece. I mean, come on. Highly overrated how difficult everybody tells me that UEFA qualifying is. Like, it's such a bear. Yes, there are a couple groups with two decent teams in them. One great one, maybe, and then one decent team. I get that. There are. But then there's also Austria, Georgia, Moldova, Ireland, Serbia, and Wales. I mean, come on. Stop believing all the stories you hear from all these people who talk about the mythical land of European soccer. Like it's up on the hill in a nursery rhyme your mom used to read to you. It doesn't exist. It's never-never land. When they tell you how tough it is in Europe to qualify for the World Cup, it don't exist it's follow the yellow brick road don't buy it it's far tougher far tougher to qualify for the for, from places like conmebol and africa much tougher to qualify for the world cup there's not even a comparison Unless you want to join a group like Albania, Israel, Italy, Liechtenstein, Macedonia, and Spain. And then you're like, oh no, is Spain and Italy in the same group? Well, guess what? One of them will go to the playoff and beat up on some bad team there. And the other one will win the group easily. Don't panic. Your favorite team will get there. Speaking of my favorite teams, it's time, Mario, for our Toluca Pachuca Updates. Toluca drawing with Morelia at home. 2-2. Fernando Uribe with a goal in the 90th minute gives our Toluca the draw. Now, the problem is Toluca must have a lot of players on it that went to art school. They love to draw. Oh, that's terrible, Dan. I can't believe I even pulled that. That that is bad. Terrible. There are too many draws, though. Pachuca gets a draw with Monterey. 1-1. They survived a 28th minute red from Irving Lozano to draw, and Pachuca now sitting second in Apertura. Toluca currently 13th. They're climbing up a bit. A lot of draws, but they haven't lost in a while. Five straight non-losing games. Standings after seven matches. No matches this week because El Tri is playing like the U.S. in Concacaf World Cup qualifying. So no matches in La Liga. I beg your pardon, Liga MX. I get I get too excited there. Liga MX. No no matches in Apertura for this next week. Robert shouts out on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Shout out to King Robbie Keane, scoring in his last game for Ireland. I wanted to mention that, Robert. Thank you so much for reminding me. Robbie Keane picks up a goal against Oman in his final game for the Republic of Ireland, his 68th goal all time. What a fantastic player Robbie Keane was for Ireland and has been for your and my LA Galaxy. Great call there, Robert. Good stuff got a lot of other people hitting up on twitter at talk soccer soccer weekly always a great time but we're running out of time mario you know what time it is stoppage time that's right more hope solo news reacting to her recent u.s women's national team suspension for calling sweden cowards here's hope solo reacting to that six months suspension no pay, terminated contract effective immediately Terminated contract. <laughs> not just a suspension. How can they do both? What's it's both. 17 years, and it's over. It is over, just like that. Now, let me see. Let me get this straight. You urinate on a building, allegedly, Ryan Lochte, and you get Dancing with the Stars. You use words to offend your opponents, allegedly, and you get suspended for essentially the rest of your career. Hey, maybe Hope Solo can get on Dancing with the Stars. Wait, what? What? She already was? Unbelievable. Soccer Weekly, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. You can watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. They are a great supporter of the beautiful game and a great supporter of this show. We appreciate them very much. Thank you so much. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the show, at TalkSoccer. You can hashtag during the week, Soccer Weekly Radio, and I'll find you there as well. This has been another edition of Soccer Weekly. Thanks so much to Raj and Mario Thank you for listening. I'm Dave Dunholm. Rams training camp tonight with Jeff Biggs next here on ESPN LA.